What's up, Penguins fans? Happy Black Friday, and the Penguins get their fifth win in a row, seven out of their last nine. They're back in a playoff spot. The vibes are very, very good. For today's episode, we're going to fully recap the game against the Flyers on Friday evening. This is also the last episode that you all will see me in my childhood room. I'm going back to Richmond for the next few days before we drive up to Pittsburgh on Thursday, and then I will be with my new setup probably starting on Friday, if not the week after um, it is going to look a lot different than this. I'm very much excited to move up there and hopefully go to a lot more games. We actually got tickets to a game on December 12th against the Dallas Stars. That's probably going to be the first of many that I will be in attendance for for the rest of the season. But uh, for this episode, we're going to get into the fourth line and how good that line is looking. Also get to get into Sidney Crosby, continue to own the Flyers, how bad the Flyers truly are, and just you know how good this team is playing right now. And we'll also preview the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is set for Saturday night at PPG Paints Arena. So look for all that right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LOR Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ben Online. Ben Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Ben Online, where the game starts. So, another Pittsburgh Penguins victory, a four to one win over the Philadelphia Flyers. That's five in a row, seven out of nine. 20 points, 24 and 25 banked tonight. And they're up to third place in the Metropolitan Division. They're one point behind the New York Islanders for second place in the Metro, which would be six points behind the Devils for first. It's almost like, gee, wow. I think the seven game losing streak, it was bad, but it wasn't like a death blow to this team. They've been playing some very good hockey these last couple of weeks, which has allowed them to climb back into a playoff spot. They've had, they've gotten 15 out of a possible 18 points in their last nine games. This stretch has saved the season. But the biggest thing I think I want to take away from this game, the fourth line right now has been incredible. And, you know, I didn't know how much of a difference Teddy Bluger was going to make when he came back. Wow. Um, I, I could definitely say this is, this has been quite the difference. You, you look at the, the stats on natural stats for tonight, the fourth line by far the Penguins' best line, Paling, Bluger, Archibald. They were in the, when they were on the ice at 5v5, they had, the Penguins had 75% of the shot attempts, three goals for, zero goals against, 89.5% of the expected goals, 88% of the scoring chances, 83% of the high danger chances. This line is playing better than the third line right now, which I did not think was going to be the case heading into this season. Bluger has been awesome since coming back was directly involved in the first goal, shoots it, goes off Carter Hart's pad, Archibald cleans up the garbage. Second one, Bluger is able to thread a nice pass over to Ryan Peeling. He, well, actually, no, not thread, thread a nice pass, excuse me. He's able to sh- shoot a harmless shot from the point. Ryan Peeling deflects it in. Peeling gets another goal. Um, this line is humming right now. And, you know, two-thirds of the players on it are players that, <clears throat> excuse me, I just really did not know how much they were going to affect the team um, this year. Um, for example, Paling, when he came over, I was kind of like, okay, maybe he's just a throw in, you know, 
so far has what five goals this season. He's he's playing very well right now, and I, and I was impressed with him even before these last couple of games. I think he was really starting to to find his game a little bit. I think obviously Bluger being back helps him, but you know he's he's been a very productive fourth liner. And Josh Archibald, I know people are maybe going to come and clown me in the comments, come clown me on my on my Twitter and stuff, saying like ha 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 ha. You know he's playing well. You you didn't think he would. People, I, I love being wrong. Like I, I give the best analysis I can just because I, I you know, as I have the platform here. I give the, t- the best takes I can. I hope I'm right. But for something like this, I want someone like Josh Archibald to prove me wrong. And so far he has, he has four goals on the fourth line this season and the Penguins, they looked at what he's done in previous seasons, his 10, 11 goal per 82 game season. They were like, okay, we think he, we, he can do that here in the right environment. And so far he's doing it. I mean, he's already basically halfway, he's very close to halfway to double-digit goals. We're already 21 games into the season. You know, he's playing much better these last few games. I I have no, last few games, honestly, last few weeks. I have no complaints about him right now. 900K, he's doing what a fourth-line player should be doing on this team for not even a million dollars. Defensively, he's playing well. He's drawn the most amount of penalties on the team. Also has four goals. He's throwing his body around. He's been a very good player, you know, for a lot of games this season. And I'm very glad I can be eating crow on him. I'll gladly say that. Paling as well. I think he's been defensively, you know, very solid penalty kill, which is usually not his strength with his game. I think he's also been pretty solid when it comes to that. And offensively, you know, you've been seeing him contribute, you know, at times tonight two goals. The other one was just, he just banked it off Carter Hart and in from behind the net. And speaking of Carter Hart, I don't know why he continues to struggle against the Penguins. He's been having a really good year, top five to 10 in goals, eight above expected, had a really hot start. It's continued that start. It just stinks that the rest of his team is absolutely horrendous. Um, You know, but the fourth line carried this team to the win tonight. Yeah. Sidney Crosby also had his his goal. I'm going to go into that just a second. But the reason the Penguins won this game is because the fourth line was very solid. And it's been playing that way for the last several games. Teddy Bluger so far this season, he has been awesome since coming back. I am trying to go um, and look at his stats overall here um, on Natural Factory because they are good. I'm going to go find, if I can find them here. So Teddy Bluger, he has only played six games this season. So about break even when when he's on the ice, about 50%. Of the shot attempts, goals for goals against about 57%. I apologize if you heard my big dog downstairs barking. My family down there is just playing some games and stuff. Expected goal, expected goals though. When he's on the ice, the penguins had 59.6% of those scoring chances, about 50-50. High danger wise, 65% of the high danger chances when he's on the ice. Um, high danger actual goals for 75%, 3-4, one against. His underlyings are very solid. He is the glue that makes that line go. And you're seeing that so far. Again, I did not know that he was going to make this much of an impact coming back. I think the penalty kill has also really improved since um, he returned as well. And you know, to think that he was almost traded in the Jeff Petrie trade over the summer, remember, um, I was told that the Penguins wanted to originally do Pedersen and Petrie. Actually, excuse me. <clears throat> Apologize. I was originally told that the Penguins wanted to trade Pedersen and Bluger for Petrie. Imagine if they had done that. Just, just pause the podcast. Imagine if that had been the trade for Petrie right now. Where would this team be? Don't think they would be where they are right now. 
that's for sure, with how Pedersen's played this season, with how Bluger's played in the six games since he's coming back. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I didn't want to trade Mike Madison, but kind of thankful that they did, at least if they wanted Petrie that bad. So on um, the fourth line, they were the reason why they won this. Their underlines continue to be spectacular. You know, the top two lines, they're humming. They're still doing good. Fourth line's been playing better. It's really just that third line that they got to figure out. I think if they can get another good third liner before the deadline, I think this team will be much harder to play against. Someone like an Evan Rodriguez, something like that, just because Jeff Carter's just kind of in the mud um, at times. You know, it'd be nice if they could shed Kasperi Kapanen's contract, though I'm not really sure how much success Ron Hextall's going to have with that. Brock McGinn's been playing a lot better. As of late, Jan Heinen, though, still needs to wake up. But that's it. I, I think if they can get another third liner in there, I think this team can really go some places. But the fourth line right now, again, continues to be absolute just mint, I, I think is the way to say. Hey, Mike Sullivan even put them out there for a power play opportunity late in the game when it was 4-1. to one. <laughs> He easily could have just said, hey, top guys, go out, do your thing. But he's like, no, you know what? I'm just going to put my fourth line out there. They've been the reason why we're winning. And had some pretty good zone time and actually had a couple quality chances. So you wouldn't even know if the first, you honestly wouldn't even tell the difference between them and the first unit with how the first unit's played the last few weeks. Uh, but yeah, can't say enough about those three players. Wanted to spend the first segment talking about that. Just great stuff from them. And then, you know, if they continue to play well, that's one less problem this team will have down the stretch. So that does it for this first segment of the podcast coming up in the second segment we're getting into other players that i thought impressed me in this game and also just get into just how awful the flyers are and how this rivalry just honestly continues to go downhill a little bit but before i get to that if i can get my wonderful beautiful bet online promo right up here it's your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis think of the latest odds and trends for every professional name or league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports we've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest easiest way to get your betting fix you can head to the website today or to use your phone to learn more that is betonline where the game starts all right i'm back on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i am your host Hunter Hodes, remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Other players who I thought stood out to me in this one. Um, in breaking news, Sidney Crosby still owns the Philadelphia Flyers. I got that confirmed by sources on my phone. Yes. And yes, obviously, my girlfriend is my background for this. It's all on the video. Um, yes, can confirm Sidney Crosby still owns the Flyers. And um, if I believe I saw this correctly, if I can find this stat here. Um, yeah, he he's, I believe he now has the record for the most goals scored ever against the Flyers. I'm, I'm, go, I'm just going to double check this stat um, here real quick. Yeah, sole position of the NHL record for the most goals scored against Philadelphia Flyers. That is 52. Um, you go on Wikipedia, you probably find under the Philadelphia Flyers franchise that Sidney Crosby is in fact the owner. I will always forever love that they continue to boo him every time he's announced in Philadelphia or when he touches the puck. Um, it only makes him stronger. Nice deflection goal um, off a shot from the point. The Penguins did a really nice job with some of their deflections tonight. Hasn't You haven't really seen that a lot with some of their goals this season. A lot of them are just clean looks, but you know, a couple of goals tonight uh, were off deflections. So nice job there. Sid, you know, great game. I thought... Um, just going over, looking at the, the rest of the numbers. I thought the second line continued to play very well. Of course, that is the um, 
the Zucker, Malkin, and Russ line. Got, came, got caved in attempt-wise a little bit, but scoring chances, I think, were, you know, they, they had 61% of those. Get, uh, Crosby, uh, Gensel, Raquel, when they were on the ice, they had 65% of the shot attempts. They also had 74% of the expected goals, 72% of the scoring chances. You know, <clears throat> they continue to hum ever since Raquel was put up there. Um, I want that as the first line for the rest of the season. P.O. Joseph, I think, continues to impress me a lot. He got walked, I think, once or twice in the game, but the game was basically over at that point. You know, he's just really rounding into form lately, and I'm really liking his game. I also will say Tristan Jari, another solid performance. Wasn't really tested. Well, he was tested in the first few minutes. The Flyers had the first five shots of the game, but the Penguins were able to take over that period relatively quickly. After that, the one goal that he allowed... Kind of, eh, but, you know, it's 4 nothing. I'm not going to judge him that hard. You know, he allowed one goal off <clears throat> 30 shots, so 29 out of 30 for him. You know, that's three really solid starts in a row for him. Hopefully he can get, keep building off that. I think Chris Letang was fine. You know, I think that's two decently solid performances in a row for him right now. Um, they're really, honestly, no one really f- fully stood out to me outside of that, you know, everyone I think was just humming along, playing well. That said, Jeff Petra, I thought had a little bit of an off game. He got kind of walked by Kevin Hayes on the sequence that led to the Flyers goal. Don't really know what he was doing on that play, to be honest with you. Just did not have his stick in the right place and just his skating on there was kind of piss poor, to be honest. And that, that's weird for him because he's been pretty sort of looking for. He's been pretty consistent, I should say, the last couple of weeks, I think, with his play. So kind of uncharacteristic to see him have an off game. Like that, but you know the game was over at that point. If there was another thing I didn't like, it was that the, the Penguins were kind of letting up with about, I guess, the last half of the third period. And I get it, you know, you have a back to, you have another game on Saturday night. You're up four nothing with ten minutes to go. You're kind of like, okay, let's just coast to the end here. We're playing a really bad team. They're just going to give up. You give up that goal, okay, whatever. But the Penguins they can kind of continue to surrender some chances in the third period. I think the Flyers hit one or two posts after that. Penguins were just kind of a little bit sloppy in the defensive zone. Just clean that up. You know, I don't want to see them turtle in those situations. I think if they were playing a better team, um, uh, you know, that, that could have, they could have, the Penguins could have paid the price a little bit. I think they got a little lucky that the Flyers are just really bad. And speaking of that, I'm going to end the segment with this. Man, that Flyers team is bad. I mean, wow. <laughs> I know I have a lot of older listeners that listen to this show, and I get it. I'm 25, I'm a quarter of a century years old. Um, I've been watching the sport for as long as I can remember. I don't think I have seen a worse Flyers team in my lifetime than the team I watched tonight. They stink. Like that is a bad, bad Flyers team. And I get it. They got some injuries. Ryan Ellis is, of course, hurt. Sean Couturier, uh, James Van Reevesdyke, Travis Connecting, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, freaking Owen Tippett and Kevin Hayes are on their top line, people. <laughs> you know, you look at their forward group and it's just a whole pile of mud. Their defensive group is not much better. Carter Hart's had a really good year. John Torella, you know, kudos to him for taking that job. But it's going to be a long year in Philly. That team is bad. And the Battle of Pennsylvania just continues to go downhill. You know, I remember when this rivalry used to be top three in the league. I don't think it's there anymore. These last few years, it just hasn't been the same. And I think a lot of Penguins fans, you know, I'd love to hear from you about this, you know, have you just kind of lost some hate for the Flyers? Because, you know, when I was teenager, college, you know, from te- when I was a teenager, I obviously hated this team. But, you know, when I got to college all throughout that, you know, I kind of started to hate them less. 
to be honest, just because, I mean, I guess it's just because I'm getting older and obviously I started the podcast. So I obviously could be way a lot more objective and stuff, but I think it's just because this rivalry is just not the same anymore. Um, just not a lot of passion. I feel like I think the penguins, is, it also isn't, you know, the best of the penguins. They've gotten a lot better over the course of this rivalry where the, while the flyers have just been stuck in neutral or just really bad, like you're seeing right now, um, that game wasn't even close tonight. I think after the first, you know, five or six minutes, the penguins had the, be- the, be- the much better of the play and they took it to Philly. Um, it's going to be a long year there. They had that nice hot start to the season, but man, uh, it was it was wasn't even close. It was like watching an NHL team play an AHL team. And you know, I hope Chuck Fletcher stays the general manager there for a long time. I didn't like how the Flyers were kind of trying to goon it up at times when they're around three to four nothing. I think that's just a loser mentality. Marcus Pedersen fighting Nick Delorier was definitely a little weird. Um, but you know, it's a John Torella team. What do you expect? You know, he's always hated the Penguins. Um, players under him will always try to goon it up against the Penguins, you know, did it in Columbus, did it with New York. I'm not, I'm not surprised. So, you know, this is, it's almost like a match made in heaven when he's with the flyers, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I had in the back of my head. I'm like, the Penguins should win this game. Um, I just didn't think they would be this dominant over the flyers, but they got the win. They may needed to mostly everyone had a really solid performance and, you know, they're on to the next one. I guess when the Penguins will be back in action on Saturday against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we will be previewing that game coming up right after these messages. All right, I'm I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host here, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show with Twitter, at Hunter L.O. Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. I also will say towards the very end of the show, I will have some thoughts on the Winter Classic jersey. Got the scoop verified on that. I said it was going to come out on Black Friday. I said what the design was going to look like. I will go two out of two for that, even though I, of course, again, not a massive insider here, but when I hear something, you know, I like to think it's going to happen. And, you know, I, I got both of those right, which is nice. But, you know, the Penguins, they will play their third and final game against the Maple Leafs on Saturday night at PBG Paints Arena after the Penguins lost to the Maple Leafs on my birthday. It was a 5-2 loss. Uh, Toronto lost to New Jersey. They beat the uh, Buffalo. They lost to the Islanders. They beat uh, the Devils. They beat the Devils after that. And then they beat the wild actually so they are actually coming on they are going to come in there on a back-to-back as well so both teams will be coming in with the same situation <clears throat> though this is a full road back-to-back for the Leafs, so this just makes it um that much tougher <clears throat> on the pit so the Leafs, they've won three out of their last five games ever since they uh won that game against penguins heck they've won if you want to include that excuse me they've won four of their last six and you're going to see the same lines michael bunting with austin matthews and william nylander john Tavares is with mitch marner Kyle yarncrook is up there which is interesting but i also think that comes down to um you know i think he was up there the last time as well um wayne simmons pontus holmberg and alexander Kerf- kerfoot excuse me on the third line and then aston reese david camp and peter engvall the Maple Leafs are very hurt defensively. Morgan Riley, he is out. TJ Brody, he is out. Jake Muzzin, he is out. That is three of their top six defensemen. Jordy Bennett, he's also out as well. He is Ilya Samsonov. Um, he is out still. I want to see who played tonight. So Matt Murray got the start tonight. I would expect um, Eric Schalgren to get the start against the Penguins on Saturday. And for the Penguins against the Leafs, I would expect Casey DeSmith to go like he did last time. So the Leafs, they are hurt a lot defensively. Three of their best six defensemen are out. 
Right now, defensively, Mark Giordano with Justin Hull, Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lindgren, Victor Mete and Max Hollowell defensively. Just not a good unit there. Uh, the Penguins will need to take advantage of that. Um, you know, last time they kind of let the top line beat them. Michael Bunting had a really good game um, against the Penguins. I think Nylander played well as well. Mitch Marner, I believe, had a goal. So, you know, they're going to have to really contain that top line with Matthews. Um, um, I'm just making sure. Jeez, I almost screwed that up. Yeah, sorry. Marner's with Tavares. Uh, but still, Bunting and Matthews played really well in that game. Nylander did too. But also, you know, the Tavares-Marner line, I think that one also ate the Penguins alive um, just a, just about a week and a half ago. So they will have to be on high alert for both of the least top two lines. I'm not really concerned about Toronto's bottom six. I don't really think there's a lot of good players down there that can really score. It's just mainly the top six that concerns me. So the Penguins are going to have to play dil- diligent defensively. Casey's fan is going to have to play better. I think he let in a couple of um, lane goals that last time. Um, so we'll have to see how he plays with that. This is an t- opponent that the Penguins know very well, obviously, this month. They beat them in Toronto. Penguins leaves return to their favor in Pittsburgh. We'll have to see how this one goes. This is one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, a matchup that I always like. <clears throat> I think there's going to be a lot more Leafs fans here <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> for this game just because it's not on a weekday. Usually the Leafs have one of the better away f- um, fans coming in um, for uh, other arenas. So I think this one is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, keys, I think, are remaining the same again. Stopping the light Leafs top two lines, getting traffic in front of Shalgren. He didn't have a good outing against the Penguins last time. They again had that game-winning goal, which I don't really know if that should have went in. Penalty kill, continuing to play well against the Leafs power play that can score at will. Power play, would like to see that get going as well. And, you know, continuing to get scoring from all four lines. The, the, I would love to see the fourth line contribute um, offensively again on Saturday. I do not expect them to score three of the four goals if the Penguins get four goals against the Leafs, but it'll be nice to see them contribute again. But also, you know, have the top six get in there when needed. Um, this one, you know, should be a lot of fun. The Penguins will be going for their sixth straight win, and they'll be going for eight out of their last ten. Um, so that really wraps up this small little preview of the game against the Leafs. I mean, I've previewed them numerous times this year. So you, you can go back and listen to those as well. Um, last but not least, though, to finish up this episode, what's your classic jersey? So as I as I kind of scooped on the show and as I scooped overall in, you know, just on my Twitter and stuff, I did say that it was going to be a Black Friday release. Got that right. And I also got the overall jersey right. And I will put it to the screen here on my phone if you all want to see this. My phone, I think, is it zoomed in. Yeah. So, you know, the P is the crest directly in the center of it. Um, two black lines going across of it. And then the full white jersey. Um, there was a mock out there saying that there was going to be a penguins across from it. I was told that was not going to be the case. Got that right <clears throat> as well. Um, my overall thoughts on the jersey, I think it's okay. I don't like it. I also don't hate it. It's kind of mid, as the kids like to say. It's it's average. Yeah, I think this jersey, it's going to be forgotten about. <clears throat> Just like, you'll you, you remember the stadium series game against the Blackhawks, I believe that was 2014, if I recall correctly. Um, you know, people were up in arms about that. Just a regular mid-tier jersey. Uh, you know, they wore that, I think, one more time. Maybe one or two more times after that. Never wore them again. This is basically what you're going to see here. They may wear them one more game. Um, this season after Winter Classic, they may not wear them again. Everyone's going to forget about it. It's going to be whatever. So, I mean, you know, people, you can like it. You can hate it. But, you know, more than likely, they're only going to wear it one more time. Uh, one one time, excuse me. And if it's more than that, it's probably just one other time. 
So um, that's really all the thoughts I have on the Winter Classic jersey. Um, just glad I got a couple of things right about it. And, you know, you all can see that jersey uh, gen- uh, in early January when the Penguins head up to Fenway Park to play the Bruins in the Winter Classic. So um, that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Really appreciate all of you listening to this one. Hope you got some good Black Friday shopping done. Hope you got some of your loved ones and your friends and your family, some good penguins related stuff. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving for my American listeners um, with, you know, with your family and friends, ate some good food. I am absolutely stuffed from the meals that I had in the previous, uh, the previous day and a half. But again, that will do it for this one. I'll be back with more episodes next week, starting on Monday. <clears throat> we will preview. Oh, actually, no, we will preview. We will recap the game against Toronto, and then we will also preview the game against Carolina on Tuesday. Then I will be fully recapping that one. That will be the Penguins' first matchup against the Hurricanes this year. Right now, Penguins in third place in Metropolitan Division, one point out of second behind the New York Islanders. I think the demise of this team was exaggerated just a little bit, and they're back to playing some winning hockey, and they are in a playoff spot. So, again, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll see how the team does on Saturday. I'll talk to you all again on Monday.